Bibles and turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Every once in a while we take a little break from the book of Acts. My goal was to be finished with that by the end of the year, but again, I don't see that happening because we keep taking breaks. But today is a special Sunday. Today we are, for those of you that are new or those that have been visiting, today we're going to be ordaining a man in our church to the office of deacon. And uh, it is a special service, a special time, um, because this is a serious thing. This is a, that we are, we are as a church recognizing the call of God on a man's life to an office within our own church. And uh, there are many men in our congregation who are ordained as deacons. Um, and there are some even in our church who were not ordained in this church, but were ordained at a sister church, but are serving in our church as deacons. And so I'm excited about today because uh, we get to ordain Trey Barbie. Um, today, the title of my servant is the servant of the church. And uh, I think you hopefully can agree with me because you're recognizing this call on Trey's life. But Hopefully you can agree with me that we've noticed Trey as a servant in our church. He has served in many different capacities. He's helping with our children's ministry, our worship ministry. He's discipling guys within our church and within outside of our church. Um, I mean, he's just he's got the heart of a servant. And so we've recognized that on his life. And so today we're going to... Um, ordain him to the office of deacon. So I figured it would be a great time this morning to look at the qualifications for deacons in 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 13. Um, so if you are there, 1 Timothy 3, verse 8, say word. Okay, so four of y'all are there. Fantastic. I hope the rest of y'all at least brought your Bible. Um, but go ahead and stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's word. 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 13. And if you're a first-time visitor, I'm Jesse. I'm the pastor here at Red Cross. I do see a few first-time visitors here. Um, But 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 through 13, it says this. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-dunged, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves And also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would add a blessing upon this time. Help us to see the truth within your word. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm sure many of you in here have interviewed for a job, right? Have any of you ever had a bad interview? Where you just completely bombed it. And you knew without a doubt that you were not getting a phone call. And if you did get a phone call, it was not going to be a good phone call. 
Some of you are nodding your heads. Yeah, I've held many job interviews in my life. And it's not because I can never find a job. It was because I can never keep a job. And the reason why I couldn't keep a job is, is I would get mad at the boss and I'd just walk out. I was very immature, very immature. Um, but I've had many job interviews in my life. And before ministry, uh, I, I worked in a lot of restaurants, a lot of restaurants. I worked in three different CC's restaurants. I worked in one Zaxby's restaurant. I worked at J.D. Shucker's in Albemarle. I worked at Wayside three different times. I've held many jobs in my life. A lot of those interviews, when you get asked these questions, they tend to ask you questions about what qualifications do you have to hold this job? What experience do you have? What what skill or talent do you offer to this job? What availability do you have? When I was in college, I wanted to make sure that I could have Sundays and Wednesdays off so that I could attend church. Some of the jobs that I interviewed for would not let me work because I was pretty restrictive on my schedule. So what availability do you have? When it comes to serving in the church, when it comes to serving in the church, God cares more about the heart of somebody than he does the skill or experience of somebody. He cares more about the heart of that person. When we, when we look for deacons in our church, when we look for men to serve as deacons, we're not looking for skills and talents. We don't, we don't do that. We're not looking for different, I mean, there are a list of qualifications here, but we're not looking for qualifications like, well, what can he offer in his expertise? What experience does he have? When we look for men in our church to serve as deacons, we look for men who have the heart of Christ. And that's the main idea that I have for you this morning. If you've got your bulletin, I've got the blanks for you. But the main idea is this. The deacon is a servant of the church who has a heart for Jesus. The deacon is a servant of the church who has a heart for Jesus. Now, I'm going to say it again, that the deacon is a servant of the church. He's not part of a board of deacons. I like what W.A. Criswell called it. He, he, he's a part of a fellowship of deacons. A lot of times within churches, we see the deacons as a board of directors, the group of men who make the decisions for the church. But biblically, that is wrong. It is not the deacons who make these decisions. It is the deacons who serve. The deacons are not someone who tells the pastor what he can and cannot do, even though he thinks he can. It is the deacon who is one who supports the pastor, serves the pastor, has the pastor's back, assists the pastor, but also, more importantly, serves the church. He's a servant. And this is what the Bible classifies as a deacon. And when it comes to decisions of the church, the Bible shows us in multiple areas. And we've seen it in the book of Acts. Decisions of the church come from the elders or, as you know, the pastors of the church. But today I want to look at the heart of the deacon, the heart of the servant of the church. The deacon, he is to have a heart of Christ. 
a heart of Christ. And here in this text, even though it is a list of qualifications, we think it's like, well, he's got that check. He's got that check. He's got that check. But really, what we see here in this text is we see that the deacon is to have the example of a heart of Christ. And we see this exemplified in three areas. We see it in the deacon's character, in the deacon's family, and in the deacon's service. The deacon's character, the deacon's family, and the deacon's service. So let me go ahead and break it down for you. First, number one, we see that a deacon is to have a Christ-like character. He's to have a Christ-like character. Verses 8 through 10, deacons likewise must be dignified. If you're like me and you like to circle and underline and write in your Bibles, there's nothing wrong with that. I love doing it. I've got so many Bibles that I just, I want to mark up. Circle the word dignified. Because in that verse, that is the subject of verse 8. We see that a deacon must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, and not greedy for dishonest gain. He is to be dignified. What does that mean? He is to be worthy of respect, worthy of honor. He is to be noble. He is to be serious. He is to be humble and repentant. He is to be a model to the church. When we look for men to serve as deacons in the church, we look for men that even my two boys can look up to. Men that, 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 that my two boys and, and, and even people in your church, in, in, in your church, in your family can look up to and seek to model after. We look for men who are dignified. Men who are not here to, to build their own authority or, or, or even to gain their own reputation or popularity within a church. Throughout history, we've seen people have abused the office of deacon so that they can gain this type of status within the church. But dignified means you are to be humbled. That you are to think of yourself less. The deacon is one with a Christ-like character who seeks to serve by giving his life to the church. Just as Christ gave his life for us. He serves. He is to be humble and to be repentant. He's not to be double-tongued. He's to be honest. He's not to be two-faced. He's not to talk about people behind their back. He's not to be a liar. He's not to be spreading rumors or gossip. The deacon is to be a truth-teller, and he's not to be a people-pleaser. Deacons in this room, are you going to please people serving as a deacon? No. At least the past 18 months have shown us that, has it not? (laughs) You are not to be a people pleaser. He is not to be double-tongued. He is not to be addicted to much wine. He's not to be a drunkard. He is not to be one who is not only enslaved to, to alcohol, he's not the one who is enslaved to anything but Christ. He is not to be enslaved to any type of sin. He's not to have anything within his life that holds him captive except for the blood of Jesus. He's not to be greedy for dishonest gain. Now, deacons, you don't serve 
as a deacon to be paid, do you? You don't serve as a deacon to make money. There's no money in serving as a deacon. But this isn't talking about making money as a deacon. This is talking about the heart. Are you one who loves money? And not only are you greedy for money, are you greedy for attention? Are you greedy for for pride? Are you greedy for, for popularity? Are you greedy to have this type of elevated status within the church? A deacon is one who is to be dignified, humble. We see in verse 9 that they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. I love that verse. Not only are they the, to have this, this heart of being dignified with all these negatives of not being double-tongued, not being addicted to anything, not to be greedy for, for anything, but the positive, they are to hold the mystery of the faith. What does that mean? They are to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not only claim it, their lives are to be examples of it. They must hold a realization to his sin and his sinfulness. He must hold a realization that he has sinned and that he is a sinner. He must recognize and hold to the realization to his need for Christ and his need for redemption. He must hold and recognize his need for Christ daily. A deacon is not just a deacon on Sunday mornings. A deacon is not just to hold a Christ-like character on Sunday mornings, but every day of the week. This isn't just about being in the office on Sundays. This is about holding to the faith of Jesus every single day of the week, wherever you are. We all can put on a mask on Sunday mornings. But a deacon that has Christ-like character exemplifies his Christ-like character at his job. With his buddies. With his wife and kids. He's the same on Sunday as he is on Friday night. He is to hold to the mystery of the faith by believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in verse 10, they are to be tested. Let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. They are not to be new converts. And they are not to be brand new members. They have to serve at a time. Who who is testing them? The church is. The other deacons are. The pastors and the deacons of the church are constantly keeping eyes on men in our church to see qualities of deacons or even elders and pastors. Raising people up. They are to show their faithfulness to the church and they are to be proven blameless. Not perfect. Blameless, beyond reproach. One who cannot have any reason for us to vote no when we bring him before the church. Blameless. 
The deacon is to have a Christ-like character. He is to have the heart of Christ. And he is to show that through his actions. Secondly, not only is he to have a Christ-like character. Second, he's to have a Christ-centered family. A Christ-centered family. Verses 11 and 12. Their their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanders, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. And let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their households well. Now this is not this is not a qualification in which you have to be married, but this is the qualification if you are married. And this is not a qualification that you have to have kids, but it's a qualification if you have kids. First, deacons are to have a godly wife. They're to have a godly wife. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. The deacon's wife must express the same Christ-like character that the deacon does. Why? They're one flesh. They're one flesh. And they must express these same qualifications. That they have the same heart for the ministry of the church. She is to have a Christ-like character that helps to increase the efficiency of the deacon's ministry, not hinder it. When we look at men to be deacons within our church, we consider the wives. Is she going to help him or is she going to hinder him? Is she going to hold him back or is she going to push him forward? Is she supportive of this? Is she godly? She must not be a woman who runs her mouth and gossips. She must not be, be, be that type of woman. She must not be someone who is bitter and unruly. She must not be a woman who has a bad reputation or who is lazy and doesn't serve. This is for wives of deacons and wives of elders. She must have the same Christ-like character that her husband does. When, when we bring Trey up here to lay hands on him in a good way, praying on him, we're going to bring his wife up here as well. Because... As they serve, as he serves as a deacon, they are serving together. We're not ordaining Carly. We don't, we don't, we don't ordain women as deacons. We ordain Trey. But because Carly is with him, she'll be up here. We'll be praying over both of them. They're one flesh. In this Christ-centered family, not only is the deacon to have a godly wife, he, he, the deacon, is to be a faithful husband. He's to be a faithful husband. Verse 11, I'm sorry, verse 12, let deacons each be the husband of one wife. In other words, he must be a one-woman man. He's to be faithful to her and love her. He must serve her and give himself to her the way that Christ gave himself to the church. As John Piper says, he must pursue his own joy in the holy joy of his wife. 
when we look at a man to be a deacon, we look at how he loves his wife. Does he put his wife before the church? Does he put his wife before himself? Does he put his wife before his job? Does he put his wife before his own family? No offense, Barbie family. I know y'all are all here. But does he put his wife before his family? He is to pursue his own joy in the holy joy of his wife. Or as another pastor puts it, a one wife man places his wife at the center of his heart. Not as a replacement for Jesus, but this means that he is faithfully loving and devoted to the wife that he has married. A deacon cannot serve the people of God faithfully if he is not first faithfully serving his own wife. A pastor and an an elder cannot serve the the church of God faithfully if he's not first serving his wife. How, How? How can you be married to your wife if you're married to the church? Put your wife first. Because, Trey, we can find another deacon. But you can't find another Carly. I say that to all the deacons. Never put the church before your wife. Never. Not only is he to be a faithful husband, he's also to be a leader of the home. He's to be the leader of the home. If he's a father, he must manage his own children. This doesn't mean that the children have to be perfect. Have you met my kids? My four-year-old? I'm ready to... Package him up and ship him off. My receding hairline has gotten worse. I'm going to look like Trey Barbie before, before my kid turns five. And that's just in six months. That doesn't mean that the kids have to be perfect. But what it does mean, deacons who are fathers, it does mean that you make Christ a priority in your home. It does mean that you discipline your kids. It does mean that you seek to lead them. You cannot control whether or not they're saved. You can't. But you can control how you lead your home. You can control how you discipline them. You can control not only how you discipline them, but how you disciple them. Deacons are, is Christ a priority in your home? Is your house a house of family worship? Is your house a house where you make Christ first? Not only do deacons have Christ-like character or Christ-centered family, thirdly, deacons have a Christ-focused service. Verse 13. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Deacons, the service in the church is not a service where we focus on building ourselves or our own reputation, where we focus on 
building this mentality that it's about us. When we serve, we serve where it's focused on Christ and his glory. When Paul is telling Timothy in verse 13, for those who serve well as deacons, deacons who serve well serve with a Christ-focused service. It's not about you. It's not. Deacons, it's not about your reputation. If you wanted a good reputation, don't serve in a church. People are not going to like you at times. I know of pastors who, who have pastored churches who've, who have received death threats from their members. I haven't, thankfully. But it's the first time for everything. It's not about me. It's not. I know how to preach the Bible in, in a way in which it's about me, though. I know what to preach if I wanted to build my kingdom. I know what to preach if I want to make a lot of money. I know. It's not what I preach on Sunday mornings. Because it's not about me. It's all about Christ. Deacons, it's not about you. You serving in the, in the church, it's not about you. It's about Christ. We serve not to glorify ourselves. We serve willingly and submissively so that we may glorify Christ. And Paul says that there are two promises. Two promises for the deacon who serves well. First promise is that they gain a good standing for themselves. Verse 13. They gain a good standing for themselves. This does not mean that you gain a good standing before God in, in heaven. We do not, we are not saved by our service. We're not saved by our works. And you serving as a deacon does not put you at any higher level in heaven. But it does give you a good standing for yourself in the church. standing of respect because the church sees you as a leader as a model as an example in church we must respect the men in our church who serve as deacons we must respect them You don't know the pressure of serving as a deacon or as a pastor unless you walk in those shoes. It's not easy to serve as a deacon. And wives, it's not easy to be married to a deacon. Am I correct? It's not. Church watches you. People watch you. They're waiting for you to mess up. But Paul tells Timothy that for those who serve well as deacons, they gain a good standing for themselves. They gain a good reputation. They gain respect and honor. And the second promise that Paul gives Timothy for those who serve well as deacons is that they gain great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, they, they have a promise of boldness in the faith.
And I think that comes from these qualifications. I think it comes from having a heart of Christ. When we live a repentant and humble life, when we live in a way in which we're seeking Christ's glory and not our own, when we live in a way that it's not about us, it's all about him, we tend to be a little more bold about it, do we not? We tend to recognize that it's not about my life. We tend to start exemplifying Paul where he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In church, within the world we live, we need some bold Christians. We need men and we need women who are going to make a stand on the word of God. And who are going to serve in a Christ-focused way. Understand, these qualifications are for the office of deacons. But there's no difference in these qualifications than for how we as believers should live our own lives. Because even though deacons have an office in the church, the Greek word for deacon just means servant. We are all deacons. We are all servants. We may not be able to serve in the office of deacon, but we can serve in the church. In church, we are all called. All of us are called to have a Christ-like character. We are all called to be dignified. We are all called to be honest. We are all called to not be enslaved to anything but Jesus. And we are all called not to be greedy. We are all, all of us are called to hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. We are all called to have a heart of Jesus. To be faithful to our spouses. To lead our families. We are all called to serve In a capacity in which it is focused on Christ and not about us. And church, it's not even about Red Cross. It's not about our church. It's not about the name. It's not about the building. It's not about you. It's all about Him. The deacon is a servant of the church who has a heart for Christ. We are all called to be that. All of us. So let me ask you this morning, church. Do you have a heart for Jesus? Now understand, meeting these qualifications does not give us a heart for Christ. A heart for Christ is exemplified through these qualifications. Have we recognized and realized our own sin and sinfulness and turned to the one who has died for our sin on the cross? Have you recognized that? Have you recognized your need for Jesus daily? It starts there. It starts there. Humbling ourselves and turning to the one who can give us that heart. Scripture tells us that he will take away our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Scripture tells us that he will create in us a new heart, give us new desires. Scripture tells us that Christ will make us new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. 
Have you given your life to Christ today? So that you may have a heart of Christ, so that you may serve this church in a Christ-glorifying way. We're going to have a time of invitation. After the invitation, we're going to lay hands on Trey and pray over him. Before that, before we pray over Trey, we're going to ask Trey some questions, not quizzing you, they're vows, where he will make a stand before the church to say that he vows to do all these things. Church, my request to you, my question to you is, do you vow to pray for your deacons? Do you vow to pray for the wives of your deacons? Do you vow to pray for the children of your deacons? Do you vow to pray for them that God may use them in a way in this church to serve so that my boys may have somebody to look up to so that I can point my boys to men that they can model after. Don't get me wrong. My, my oldest is going to turn out like me because he already has. And my youngest is going to turn out like his mama because he already has. That kid is evil. But I'm thankful for the men in this church. And I mean that. I'm thankful for all the men in this church. Not just our deacons. I'm thankful for our deacons. We have good deacons in this church. I've heard horror stories. Not from this church. I've heard horror stories from pastors from other churches. I'm thankful to serve with some godly men as deacons. But I'm thankful for the men in this church, whether you serve as a deacon or not. We've got good men in this church who are honoring Christ daily, who are loving their wives daily, who are leading their kids daily, who are serving this church in so many different ways. Whether or not they have the office of deacon, they're serving. And I'm thankful for that. It does a pastor's heart well to know that I've got good men in this church Continue pursuing Christ. Continue pursuing to have that heart of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good to us. You are gracious and merciful. And God, we are thankful for Christ, whom you have given as a propitiation, as our sacrifice, as our substitute, Lord, to be the payment for our sin. We are thankful that you've paid our price on the cross. So, Lord, I pray that through that, that you raise up godly men in this church. Men who have a heart for Christ. Men who seek to serve and love and lead in a Christ-like manner, with a Christ-like heart. God, we pray that they are loving their wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. We pray that they are leading their kids just as you are leading us daily.
pray, God, as, as we go into this time of invitation that you work within our hearts, and as we go into this time of deacon ordination, that you help us to recognize the call that you have placed on Trey's life and help us to celebrate that you have brought men to our church who can serve as deacons, who can lead in a Christ-like, Christ-exalting way. Help us this morning. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.